0: So there's a lot of misinformation about tea, red, white teas, green teas, uh, black teas. They're very high in antioxidants, I agree. However, they're also a high source of fluoride. And I can't help but think, Chantel, there with so many women complaining of thyroid issues. It's because they're overdoing too much of a good thing.
1: Welcome to Waste Away, the intermittent fasting podcast. If you want to learn how to lose weight for life through intermittent fasting, burn fat, heal your thyroid and autoimmune issues, and break the bondage of food... Then this podcast is for you. I'm Chantel Ray, author of Waste Away the Chantel Ray Way, and each week I have different guests answering your questions. If you haven't had a chance to pick up your copy of Waste Away, visit ChantelRayway.com/slash podcast, and you'll automatically get 20% off the book audio book recipe book coaching and inner circle facebook group remember the thoughts and opinions in this podcast do not constitute medical advice
2: Hey guys, Aaron here. Before we get started, I just wanted to remind you that you can find our full podcast episodes on our YouTube channel. Not only do you get to see Chantel and our guests, but you also get to see any charts, graphs, or pictures that we may mention. Search Chantel Rayway on YouTube or click the link in the show notes. And if you would like daily accountability as well as a resource with lots of helpful tips about Chantel's intermittent fasting lifestyle, head on over to ChantelRayway.com coaching. As always, enjoy the show.
1: Hey guys, welcome to this week's episode and today's guest is a second time guest. We've had her on the show a few months ago. She was such a huge hit. We got such amazing feedback and so some people asked for some follow-up questions and we asked her to come back and she graciously did. Dr. Anne Louise Gittleman, she is the award-winning nutritionist and she's a New York Times best-selling author of over 30 books. So she is recognized as the first lady of nutrition and it's such an honor to have you back on the show again. Welcome.
0: And it's a pleasure to be with you and your audience. Hello, hello from Texas, the great state of Texas.
1: (laughs) Well, I know that you have done a, um, you have an amazing website for the latest book, theradicalmetabolism.com and you've got tons of free gifts on there. So if anyone wants to Uh, go there, what are some of the free things that you offer?
0: Well, I give you 25 free recipes, which are wonderful downloads, to have a radical, healthy lifestyle. So for those that have a slow metabolism, if they're between 40 and 50 and can't lose weight like they did in their 20s and 30s, we're giving you 25 free recipes and a special download, which is a report on crushing cravings and how to stock your kitchen with name brands for healthy skin, hair, and nails. And it's especially good for individuals without a gallbladder, with a slow down thigh,
1: writing for autoimmune conditions. So it covers all of our bases. Wow. So before we get started with the questions, I do want to tell listeners, if you haven't listened to our first podcast with us, go back and listen to that episode. That's episode number 53 and get caught up on some of the things that we're talking about because this is a follow-up program and this has a lot of questions that were asked in the first time. Um, So... Let me ask you before we start with the listener questions. um, What is your latest project that you have going on? Is the radical metabolism it or do you have something else cooking? I have a
0: new book cooking. I have a new book. Um, You're
1: just like one book after another book after another.
0: Well, you know, I've had the pleasure and the privilege of being out there for 30 to 40 years. So I've been there, seen that, done that. I've been through perimenopause, beyond perimenopause, and PMS. So I have a sense of women's issues, autoimmune issues, and mysterious diseases, Chantel, that haven't been identified or resolved through any other method. So I'm putting that all together in a brand new book. But right now, we're really cooking with a national bestseller, which is Radical Metabolism, and it will give you the foundation that you'll need to be healthy for the rest of your life.
1: Awesome. All right. Well, let's jump in. The first question is from Brandy in New Hampshire. A couple, <laughs> a couple of my friends have been talking about trying the amazing gallbladder and liver flush. I wanted to see if this was something you were familiar with and was it something that you recommend? Well,
0: that's a loaded question, Brandy from New Hampshire which is near Connecticut, my home state. So as a fellow New Englander, I can tell you that that is not a new program. It's been around for at least 30 to 40 years. It can work well with some people, but there's a danger. And the danger is that if you have anything brewing in the gallbladder ducts, then you can create even more hazards when that gallbladder stone or residue gets stuck in the ducts. It can be life-threatening. So rather than do a program where you don't know what's going on in your system, because this is kind of a, a crapshoot of the dice, so to speak, I would suggest that you pick up Radical Metabolism and look at the four-day cleanse, which is designed to clean out the liver and the gallbladder safely with watercress soup and juices twice a day. In addition to that, there's a product called Builder which reduces all the congestion in the gallbladder. And if God forbid you have stones, it's very safe because it will help to resolve and disintegrate them. So you mm-hmm. want to do something safe so that you're not sorry afterwards.
1: Yeah, and, and I would say the same thing. I haven't tried it, I know all about it. Um, I've toyed with the idea of, of doing it, but like you said, if you have a big stone in your gallbladder, then, and it can't pass through, now you're talking about, you know, some, some things that could go really wrong. So it's, I've seen some people who've had great success with it, but I do think it's a more risky way to do it. And I think, like you said, there's some alternative ways to do it that is a little bit less risky
0: much less risky. And in the book, I talk about the importance of the bitters that are included in this gallbladder cleanse. If you do my half a grapefruit twice a day, you're getting the grapefruit component. If you use olive oil rather than some of the oils I suggest, you're getting that and lemon juice in the water lemon in the water first thing in the morning, even some dandelion brew tea. So it's a bitter cleanse, so to speak, that's designed to dump the bile into the gallbladder duct. But since you don't know what's brewing there, and if you've taken contraceptives, if you've taken birth control pills, if you have a lot of heavy metals or parasites, this can be dangerous.
1: Yeah. All right. This is from Lauren in North Carolina. I really enjoyed your podcast with Dr. Gittleman, and I'm so excited she's coming back on the show. On the last episode, she talked about not being a fan of kombucha, but didn't elaborate too much. I was really thrown off by this because kombucha seems to be all the rage in my healthy circles. Could you talk about this some more and some of what the pros and cons of kombucha are and what I should be looking out for? This is Lauren in North Carolina.
0: Hi, Lauren in North Carolina. i just come back from Charlotte, North Carolina, so I love that area as well. Uh, I'll tell you one thing. Kombucha is usually made from a concentration of tea. Tea is a very high source of many phytonutrients, many antioxidants, but it's also a source of fluoride. And a lot of tea in the system will actually slow down your metabolism because fluoride displaces iodine in the thyroid. So, we don't want anything that will displace your iodine in the thyroid. So, taking kombucha, which is a high source of fluoride because of the tea that it's made with, is going to put you at risk for thyroid slowdown. That's number one. Number two, there are a lot of free flowing yeasts that are made from this. In other words, it's considered a probiotic, but many of the yeasts are not identified. They can go into the brain. They can go into the system in other ways, and you can be up for days and nights if you overdo too much of a good thing. I'd be very careful, and instead of kombucha to be used as a probiotic, why not take some jicama or some whey protein, which is a healthy prebiotic, and get just some probiotics in the form of kimchi, sauerkraut, or miso soup? Much more healthy and less risk of fluoride toxicity that you get with kombucha that can also create adult acne because fluoride is. Committed. Connected and linked to adult acne that can't be resolved unless you get rid of all fluoride-containing products. Tea is very high in fluoride. It's a
1: so. High. So, do you drink tea at all?
0: No, I drink. I drink dandelion root. I drink an herbal tea. Let me qualify that. I drink kombucha. I drink dandelion root tea, which is healthy for the gallbladder. That's good for our first question that was asked. So, dandelion root tea, which is a bitter. I also like hibiscus, which is very cleansing, and I'm really in favor of something called Bengal spice, which is a combination put out by...
1: Say that one again. Say that last one again. Bangle spice. How do you spell it?
0: I knew you'd ask. (laughs) B-E-N-G-A-L. Bangle, I believe. I don't think there's an H. Bangle spice. It is is a sweet-tasting tea. Sweet tasting tea it is absolutely delicious and it acts as a dessert tea. You will love it. It's got cardamom cloves, very healthy for the liver and gallbladder, as to the question number one, and it's very soothing. So there's a lot of misinformation about tea, red, white teas, green teas, uh, black teas. They're very high in antioxidants, I agree. However, they're also a high source of fluoride. And I can't help but think, Chantel, there was so many women complaining of thyroid issues. It's because they're overdoing too much of a good thing. So wow, I love that. Yeah, um, so I... But I know what I'm talking about. I've been around most most that have been out there, and I can just tell you when we get rid of the green tea, the white tea, the kombucha, which is made from tea, as well as the regular uh, new teas that are out there, the black teas, people lose weight better. And if they just switch to the herbal teas, and there's no, there's no um, fluoride, fluoride toxicity, which can be tested through an iodine loading test. But just get rid of the tea, and if you've got a problem with weight lost, this may be the linchpin that you've been waiting for. And it's worth just listening
1: to the whole podcast for that piece of information. So um, I'm going to put all of these different teas. If you're listening or you're driving in the car right now, um, you can go in the show notes. A lot of people are like, how do I go in the show notes? So what we did is to make it easier for you. We You can go to ChantelRayWay.com slash show notes, and you can get a transcription to everything we're talking about so afterwards if you want to if you want to you can you can see all this written because you know when you're driving in the car and stuff like that it's hard to catch everything so go to chantelrayway.com slash show notes oh i have to tell you something really funny so my pastor at church this Sunday he was like telling a joke and he was talking about kombucha and he was like oh well is your kombucha local is your kombucha small batch is your kombucha homemade and he was just talking about like I don't even remember actually now he, he'll kill me for saying well I don't remember what the point was but I do remember him joking all these jokes about kombucha it was really funny um but anyway um I am going to take a break. I do drink um, quite a bit of unsweetened green tea. And so I'm going to try that and give that up and see how it is. I
0: something in. When you you buy the Radical Metabolism book, in one of those downloads I was talking about in terms of uh, stocking up your kitchen, I believe we give you the name brands of the only teas that we have tested that we believe are completely fluoride free. So you've got a, a number of the name brands
1: as well as the name of the tea. Give us one of them. Give us one of them that you have tested that is fluoride-free.
0: Um, hibiscus is one that I remember. Hibiscus, most definitely. And then the other one, which we talk about in there because it has real weight loss properties, although it may also contain a bit of fluoride, but not as much as the other teas. And this is the secret sauce, is oolong tea.
1: Mm, very
0: helpful so if you're going to start weaning yourself off of these other teas maybe oolong would be your transitional tea and then you can go into the other
1: ones okay perfect all right this next question is from trisha in vienna and she doesn't say where it is i think it's vienna virginia but might be vienna austria i'm not sure It says, with it being the new year, a lot of my friends are talking about resolutions and some of them are trying to give up coffee. Some of them say that the problem with their coffee is everything they add to it, while others say they've heard that caffeine ages you. One friend just simply said she doesn't want something for her to depend on to get through her day. I can give up a lot of things I need to, but coffee would be really hard for me. What is your opinion on the pros and cons of coffee and if I drink it black or with a little cream? Thoughts? Question mark. Trisha in Vienna.
0: Okay, so Trisha, first of all, coffee can be a major weight loss tool. It can be very helpful for weight loss because of chlorogenic acid, not because of the caffeine but because of a phytonutrient known as chlorogenic acid. It's a type of antioxidant, a polyphenol. However, the toxic factor of coffee has to do with how it is grown. It's loaded with pesticides and mold. It's a deterrent. So you need organic, mold-free pesticide coffee. And there's a name brand. May I give that name brand? Yes. Okay, the name brand is called Purity, and when you go to radicalmetabolism.com, you get a 30% off coupon for Purity Coffee. People that have made the switch not only feel better, but the the knowledge that there's no mold, no toxins, no pesticides is very, very comforting for individuals that know how healthy coffee is. Coffee is a bitter. It's very good for your gallbladder, for your liver. It's It's good for your blood pressure. And if you don't like the caffeine component, and I'm one that doesn't do well with caffeine, I'm hyped up enough as it is, I do a caffeine-free purity coffee, so there mm. you have it. A very important element for weight loss, and especially good for protection of the liver, the bile, the gallbladder, and good, of course, for, an, as, for a total anti-aging. The research is very compelling. And so you'll find that coffee can be used. Now, what should you put in it? Now, that's the question, because that's part of the other part of what Tricia asked about. I would put in some coconut milk or coconut oil, and you'll really get a weight loss boost. Mm.
1: Yeah, the one thing is, um, I'm really big into checking my blood blood sugar just for fun Um, so like let's say you know I literally have one of those you know machines that people who are diabetic have and I just kind of carry it around with me and one of the things that you know you can try it at home like literally try this if you take your blood sugar and then go have a cup of coffee with coconut oil it will literally drop your blood sugar down From let's say, let's say you're like if my blood sugar is at 95, it'll bring it down to 80. It'll bring it at least 10, usually 15 points. That coconut oil is like unbelievable how it just brings that blood sugar down. And so um, you know, sometimes let's say I had a meal that was just a little bit more carbish or whatever, and I felt like my blood sugar was raised a little bit high, I'll have a cup of coffee. Um, with that coconut oil and it immediately drops my blood sugar and I love your idea of having the decaf coffee because I'm like I don't need coffee either I'm like always so amped up so
0: so you can you can go either way with the purity, but in the book, in Radical Metabolism, we do one other element besides the coconut milk that we put in our coffee. We make a blaster in the morning that has one cup of coffee and a scoop of protein powder. So you're really helping your blood sugar level off for three to four hours, as well as the coconut milk. We put in some cacao if you'd like, some cardamom, a little stevia if you feel you need a little bit of sweetening, and even some ginger, and that gives you a detailed detoxification first thing in the morning, and your energy will be leveled for three to four hours. So the concept of adding a little bit of oil or coconut milk, which has that MCT, appetite suppressant, is very important for individuals that want energy and a weight loss boost
1: first thing in the morning. And
0: if you're not a coffee drinker for whatever reason, you can use dandelion root tea, you'll get the same
1: benefit. Awesome. Okay, this next one is from Courtney in Virginia Beach. She says, I live right behind a police station and recently I received a letter that some heavy metals were found on their site and in the water. The letter recommended that all residences within a half mile radius have their groundwater well tested for contaminants and said that the city health and public works department will come out and test this for free. None of my neighbors seem to be freaking out about this, but I am. Have you ever heard about something like this before? I have scheduled my appointment, which is a few weeks out. In the meantime, should I be avoiding my water, drinking it, showering in it, etc.? And what are the what ifs if after the health department comes out and they say the water is safe, should I continue doing business as usual? And if it's not safe, what should I do? Help Courtney in Virginia Beach.
0: All right, so Courtney is, where is she located?
1: Virginia Beach.
0: Virginia Beach. So this is not uncommon to have toxins in the groundwater. What I have done, and you can do this yourself, is you contact my distributor who is Unikey Health Systems. I'm going to give you a telephone number. I'm going to tell you why this is so extraordinary. 1-800-888-4353. They can connect you with a water purification expert with a third-party test, can test the groundwater in your locale and custom fit a water system, a purification system that will block the particular chemical or heavy metal that is found in the water. Now, I have done this where I live. I live in the great state of Idaho most of the time. I have uranium in our water, and uranium can cause cancer. We have a great degree of thyroid uh, ocular as well as brain cancer in that area. So we have a particular system that blocks the uranium. That's our toxin, de jure, so to speak. You can do the same to have somebody that will test the water in addition to what she's got on the docket for the next couple of weeks, and you will get a customized system through the water filtration system that that Unikey offers. And that's what I can tell you. Because what's in the water in... Uh, in Virginia may be very different than what's in the water someplace else, but everybody should test their water It's one of the reasons people are getting so sick and having these crazy mysterious diseases What is coming through your water is coming through what you're drinking and what you're bathing and what's coming from the shower is more absorbent than even what you're drinking so you need a shower filter, you need a home water filtration, and you need something for the bath. And that's a home water system. It's the best investment in your health you can possibly uh, invest
1: in. Awesome. This next question is from Tracy in Winston-Salem. My mom had gallbladder issues in her 40s and had to have it removed after a lot of pain and complications. I want to do things to promote a good gallbladder health so that I can keep mine as long as possible. What kind of food should I keep on eating or which should I be avoiding? And are there any supplements that you recommend? Tracy Tracy. and Winston. That whole
0: program is in the book. The whole program about the gallbladder, what you shouldn't be eating is in radical metabolism. I heartfully suggest that you get the book and pay close attention to the three top foods that I mentioned in the book. I'll give you one of them, which has been connected to gallbladder pain and that food, believe it or not, is onions.
1: That's really?
0: One of the, yes, there's been, there was testing done way back in the 60s with the top food allergists, and they determined that that is one of the top three food mm-hmm. allergies that can create inflammation in the gallbladder. So if you follow my program, you do the bitters and get a supplement called Bile Builder. You'll be thinning your bile, you'll have free flowing bile. Bile acts as a Uh, ingredient a kind of liquid that breaks down fats. it's also a detox method and it's very important because the connection between the gallbladder and the thyroid is one very helpful for metabolism so to rev up your metabolism you need free-flowing bile. Bile is the key. Bile Builder is your go-to Rx.
1: Hey guys, we absolutely love getting your questions into the podcast, but we're also interested in your journey. So if you've started intermittent fasting and have some success or even struggling a little bit, we want to hear about it. Email me your intermittent fasting stories to Chantel at ChantelRaeWay.com. Now back to the show. All right. Um, This is from Anonymous. I love your show and I started taking CBD oil. And as soon as I started feeling it, I didn't feel great, but I'm not sure if I was just coming down with some things and I wasn't eating great at the time anyway, or if there's an adjustment period, or if this was just a coincidence, Anonymous.
0: It depends on the CBD oil she was taking. There are various brands. There are a hundred different brands out. The one that I like for people we've gotten the best results with is called, is from the company Plus. It seems to be very well vetted. So that I can tell you, I don't know what conditions she's treating. I've had people that have used it topically with outstanding conditions. You have to be very careful with what you take internally. So we need to know the brand she was taking and whether the company has third-party testing.
1: Yeah. And I have a brand that I recommend. If you go to ChantelRayWay.com slash CBD, you can see the one that I I recommend. Um, this next question comes from Rose and Destin. So you know what's funny is like all these people write where they're from, but they only say like their city. And like I was a straight a, st- straight a student when I was in school. And the only subject I didn't have a great grade in was geography. And I feel like I just like it's like coming back to haunt me. So Rose and Destin, which I don't even know. Do you know where Destin is?
0: That's
1: in, is it Florida? I don't know. I have no idea. Florida, the great sunny state of
0: Florida. But she's,
1: <laughs> that's um, what I think is Florida. All right. She says, I deal with hypothyroidism and have recently been learning how that is related to my bile and gallbladder. It's all so confusing and I'm trying to figure out if my gallbladder is causing thyroid issues or my thyroid is causing my gallbladder issues. But I keep hearing people talk about how I need to create healthy bile. Can you talk about how these two are related, the thyroid and the gallbladder, and the role of the bile? I'm confused. Rose and Destin. Okay,
0: so go you know either way and join the club. A lot of people are confused because the research is not definitive. So that's number one. It's very new information. Number two, number three. People that have poor bile flow have a 53% less uh, robust metabolism. So there's a connection between the two. What comes first? Is it the thyroid that affects the, the gallbladder and the bile? We don't know. But what we do know is that when people get their gallbladder out or they have congested bile, their thyroid slows down. So it goes either way. Let me just say that. What we know is that when your body breaks down, when the body secretes bile in order to break down fats, it also triggers the release of an enzyme that transforms T4 into active T3. So the body works as an orchestra. Not one system is, you know, isolated from another. And when you have the bile working properly, then your thyroid seems to be working properly. As long as you have enough choline, number one, enough Uh, Selenium number two and also a nutrient which is known as um, black seed oil if in fact you have Hashimoto's so all of those are connected The program is found definitively in radical metabolism. So get the book, get the downloads, and join our our different little Facebook groups, and I'll answer your question more specifically. Needing to know exactly what's going on with the gallbladder, what your liver enzymes are, and what your inherited tendencies are. Listen, women that take a lot of hormones are going to have congested bile. People that have heavy metals have congested bile. Bile is a detox. It's kind of like the, uh, oh, it's a binder. So in other words, whatever is toxic gets thrown into the bile, and it can become very, very thick. It has to be thinned down, and we have to thin it with a bile builder, or we thin it with a little bit of beets, lemon and water, or some dandelion root tea. My whole program is designed to thin your bile, save your gallbladder, and enhance your metabolism.
1: Mm. Awesome. Kim in Ohio. I recently heard a doctor on another podcast talking about olive oil. He said it's the best thing ever for us and that we can't get enough of it and that we should be putting it on everything that we eat. I was wondering if you agree with this, first of all, and also if there is such a thing as too much healthy fats. Will, the, will that hurt my gallbladder? Kim in Ohio.
0: It's a very good question, Kim in Ohio. Number one, olive oil is one of the healthy fats we have, but it's not the only one. It's not considered an essential fat.
1: What is your favorite healthy fats? If you had to say, this is my top three, what would they be?
0: Hemp seed oil hemp seed oil is very high in omega-6s for beautiful skin my skin has never looked this good until i started hemp seed oil it'll get rid of the eczema and get rid of psoriasis absorbs radiation my second most and i don't know if i talked about this on your podcast they do so many uh, the other one is pine nut oil make a note this is huge pine nut oil will cleanse and neutralize and soothe any irritation in your GI tract, from H. pylori to full-blown ulcers to leaky gut, to problems with GERD and esophageal irritation in just three weeks. Those are omega-6s. Olive oil is not an omega-3 or an omega-6. It's an omega-9. It's not essential. It's simply healthy. So that's not the only fat you should have, and if you can't break down the fats, it'll be harmful for your gallbladder, which is why you need a supplement like Bile Builder and the bitters that I talk about in the program. So your quest, the question, is right on target.
1: So expand on those bitters for just a second, because so, and I've bought your Bile Builder; it's fantastic, and I have it. Um, but expand on the bitters for just a second. So the
0: bitters are important because they stimulate hydrochloric acid production, which stimulates bile release. And most people that are 40 and above do not secrete enough hydrochloric acid, especially if they have an A blood type. I don't know what kind of blood you have. What is your blood? Type?
1: I really don't know. I, I unfortunately and I just don't know. I three. I think it's A. I think it's A actually, but I'm not 100 percent.
0: You're an A blood type because the A blood type people are very analytical and ask wonderful questions, and you're. So uh-huh viewer but having said that um, genetically you don't produce enough hydrochloric acid and so here's prompt the production of hydrochloric acid which in turn results in the prompting of the bile and secretion and release of bile so we want grapefruit we want coffee if you're a coffee drinker we want bitter greens like arugula and watercress and my watercress soup will detox the system thin the bile and get rid of gallstones in many cases
1: now, are you getting your bitters just from, your, from those foods that you talked about? Or are you getting them from a supplement as well?
0: I don't get the bitters. We have supplements that are in the book, but I don't personally use them. I use a lot of arugula, grapefruit, endive. My other one is um, horseradish is another bitter that I use. Oh, I love
1: horseradish.
0: It is a marvelous bitter. And you know what else is considered a bitter? They're bitter spices like ginger. So we use ginger on a daily basis and cumin. So those are also considered bitters. And the best herb of all to season with for your brain and your gallbladder and your liver is rosemary.
1: Mm. Um, Okay, this is from Lexi in Norfolk. I tried to give blood today, and the nurse on the blood mobile told me that my iron was too low. This is the first time I've ever heard of this being an issue for me. What are some things I can do to improve my iron?
0: Well, a lot of women that are still menstruating can run the risk of iron anemia, iron uh anemia which is which is related to the lack of iron or sometimes even B12. So what we need to do is we need to increase our use of organic eggs as a source of iron as well as a little bit of red meat twice a week with the addition of apple cider vinegar which enhances the absorption of iron as well as calcium three times a day. So put apple cider vinegar in water, two teaspoons, three times a day in eight ounces of water. Take it a half an hour, an hour between meals, and you will enhance the metabolism, the assimilation of the iron that you're getting in the red meat and the eggs. Those are the two highest sources. You don't absorb a lot of iron from vegetable type proteins. So we're gonna go with the red meat, hopefully she eats red meat or the eggs. Or you can take a supplement of iron glycinate, which is a form of iron that is not constipating.
1: Okay, well this goes right into our next question. It's another question about iron. It's Sarah in Providence. I eat really healthy, I work out five times a week and I've been doing intermittent fasting in a six hour window, but I'm still tired. I got my blood work done and everything seems to be fine, but my ferritin levels are very low while my iron is normal. What is the difference in iron levels and ferritin levels? And could this be what's making me tired? Can you please explain what ferritin is? Sarah in Providence. So
0: she's in Providence. I would think that's Providence, Rhode Island, another New Englander. So ferritin is stored iron, very simply. And I don't know what her ferritin level is. It needs to be at least 70 to be healthy for a woman. If it's way below that, then she is feeling fatigued. Her hair could be falling out. We need to get her iron absorption and retention, retaining of the iron, normalized. And we do that with just the program I just mentioned. The apple cider vinegar, which is an acid because you need acid based substances to absorb iron, as well as red meat twice a week and eggs at least three times a week, a week of the kind of the omega 3. You get it from chickens that don't do drugs. You want the healthiest type of foods you can. The other issue is that she may have to take a little iron glycinate, which is that non constipating iron that I spoke about.
1: Yeah, I. Um...
0: Seventy I, is the magic number for a woman. If you're way below seventy, you'll feel fatigued. Your hair will not be looking good. It will not be thick. Iron is a big issue. Too much or too little. You need the Goldilocks amount, which is about seventy on your blood test.
1: Yeah. So I want to answer this question as well because I had extraordinarily low ferritin levels, but my iron what, levels. What number was it? Um, it was like twenty. It was really, really low. And what's crazy is what they say is normal for for ferritin is not normal. Like they have such a huge range for what is normal for your ferritin levels is not normal. And so my stepdad is a doctor and he kind of, I'll try to re-explain what he said to me, but... Basically, ferritin is not an iron, but it's a protein in the body which contains iron. But ferritin is the main form in which iron is stored in the body. And um, it's the amount of ferritin that that's found in your blood that really reflects the amount of total iron that's actually available to your body. And so ferritin is really the best indicator of iron deficiency. So a lot of times people will look at their iron and go, oh, well, my iron's fine, no problem, because my iron levels were fine. And I was like, well, why am I so tired? What's going on? But my ferritin levels were super, super low. And he gave me two really good analogies that I want to share with the listeners today because I did go through this myself. And what he said is like, if you have $50 in your pocket, okay? No, let's say you have $100 in your pocket, but in the bank account you have zero dollars. Well, that's not good, right? Iron would be like the hundred dollars that's in your pocket, but ferritin is like in the bank you've got no money at all. Well, what would be better if you had fifty dollars in your pocket, but you had ten thousand dollars in your bank account? You'd rather have that. And it's kind of like he said that like ferritin would kind of be like like it's like a hitchhiker so it's like you need the ferritin for the iron it's kind of like a hitchhiker to go forward so that's just kind of a little bit of an explanation of what the what ferritin is but you really need to look at your ferritin levels and what did you say that you want to see the ferritin levels at
0: well, I'm doing a new book and I talk a lot about ferritin, so it's the Goldilocks amount and I think that your stepfather gave you good information. You want to see this for a woman at least anywhere from 50 to 70. What we're finding is a lot of people are stockpiling iron on the other end of the spectrum and are having iron overload problems, which we're now identifying with levels that are above 100. So you want to be 50 to 70. That's the, the ideal, the optimal that's healthy. If you start going above 100, iron can create problems in your liver, in your kidneys, in your brain, in your heart. So a little is better, a lot is not good. And right now those levels, as your stepfather alluded to, are very correct. They take norms from a sick population. You don't want to look at what the lab says is healthy. You want to do exactly what you and I are
1: saying. And and let's talk about this. We don't have a question on it, but... I know that I've seen some people um, that have had ferritin levels that are too high, and a suggestion for that, if your ferritin levels are too high, is actually I've heard to get to go ahead and like go to the blood bank and give some blood so that you can generate new blood. Any thoughts on that? Well, no. Here, well, yes and no.
0: Everybody that's listening to this podcast could save the life of their husband, their loved ones, a brother, a sister, a cousin, because most men start elevating iron levels above the age of 18. With a woman, it's 51 because she's losing her iron every month when she menstruates. When we start losing blood, we start accommodating the same levels of heart disease as the men. We mirror that. So this is what you need to do. On a month, on a yearly basis, you have to... Give blood twice a year and measure your ferritin. Your doctor's not going to usually tell you to have a ferritin test, but we're telling you for your own health and for the health of your heart and the health of your brain, you have this every year. That number should be 100 or below. It's a general rule of thumb. For females, it should be a little bit lower. And yes, you give blood or you drink coffee during your meal, the teas that we're talking about, and even a little dairy, because those are foods that blunt the absorption of iron. Now, the benefit of olive oil, getting back to that previous question and making everything come full round, is that olive oil, it prevents the absorption and stockpiling of iron. It has a particular antioxidant that helps to make sure that you do not absorb a lot of iron from your foods. The reason the Mediterranean societies are so healthy is that they're not absorbing iron because they're drinking so much wine. There you
1: have it. Mm. And I will tell you, um, Anne Louise, I have found, like, so I've never been a wine drinker. I'm just, I've always liked to eat my calories. I don't like to drink them. And I don't like wine because when I, when I, um, have a headache like I'll ha- if i had half a glass i'd have a headache the next day and i found this wine that is absolutely so clean if you go to chantelrayway.com slash wine it i literally could have a glass of it and feel like a million bucks and the sulfites in there, there there's no added sulfites that's organic it's all been tested so it's really fantastic
0: and you know, whether you drink wine or not, I'm not a wine drinker and I'm the daughter of a liquor salesman. So my point <laughs> being all of it, is the reason that the Mediterranean people are so healthy is not because of the olive oil per se, it's because what the olive oil and the wine and the coffee that they're drinking do to the absorption of iron. So if you are going to drink wine, then you do it the sulfide free, you do the organic, you do the glyphosate free these are all elements that you need to keep in in mind because as we go through life we get different challenges and iron overload once you hit the age of 51 and menopause can be a real issue and one that is hidden unless you start testing for your ferritin levels
1: awesome this is from becky in new york my thyroid is not good but it's getting a little better since i've been fasting my numbers still aren't back to normal my doctor says that i might be low in iodine, and that I can get iodine in dairy. But I've listened to so many podcasts and thought dairy was not good for my thyroid. I'm so tired of this conflicting information. What could I do to raise my iodine levels, and should I be eating dairy or not? Becky in New York.
0: (laughs) Becky in New York. What I would do is I would do an iodine test on yourself. This is an old-fashioned test. You get a tincture of iodine in the... um, In the pharmacy, you put a little bit of that, you paint your arm with a little bit of iodine, maybe the size of a nickel, and it should be yellow. You want the colored iodine, it's very cheap in the uh, pharmacy. You paint your arm, you watch and see how quickly that absorbs. If it stays for 24 hours, you have enough iodine. If you do not, if it goes away and melts and absorbs in four hours, you need iodine. The best way to get it is with Lugol solution, which you can get online. 2% Lugol's, one to five drops per day, and that's what you need to do.
1: Now, can you do those drops? Can you do those drops with your skin and not through your mouth?
0: You can put them on the, you can put them on the skin. Yes, you can because it, it, it absorbs through the skin. Absolutely. you can put
1: So like, so, so if like, here's my, my arm here. So if I was going to do it, how much? Would... Painting tincture of iodine. We
0: use tincture of iodine because it's usually colored. But you, if you have the lukos, you can use that as a, as the test as well. So
1: how much, how much would you paint? Would you, would I paint like my entire...
0: Form? No, 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 no. You, you paint a little circle of maybe the size of the nickel it, so that you see it visually. Mm-hmm. And you watch to see how long it takes for your body to absorb it.
1: So you're saying, I like this idea. So you're saying if you put it on and four hours, if in four hours, boom, it's been absorbed, that means you are lacking iodine. It,
0: it means you're lacking. This is
1: an old fashioned
0: naturopathic. Non-toxic test, yes. And you'd be surprised how many people absorb within two to four hours. So then you get the Lugo solution, which you can take internally. You can also put that on your skin if you want in terms of what you take internally. One to five drops usually does the trick. Yeah, and iodine is very deficient just the way magnesium the way zinc is.
1: Awesome. All right, this next question, this is our last one. It's from Anonymous. I have really cleaned... (laughs) <laughs> I have really cleaned up my diet a lot. I've even gotten rid of all dairy, all gluten, but my psoriasis and eczema are still out of control. Do you have any other tips that I can try, Anonymous?
0: Yes, 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 yes. My hemp seed oil that I talk about in radical metabolism. And I got an interesting email from a skincare doctor that recommended my program to a client. The client came back within two weeks with a very angry father. And the angry father said, how come you're the only doctor that recommended this hemp seed oil in Gittleman's book? And the doctor said, it's because I know she knows what she's talking about. So the, the father said, well, I have taken my son for the past three years to dermatologist. This is the first time the skin has ever cleared up from his eczema, thanks to you. So my point being is that this was a kind of left-handed compliment. Hemp seed oil is high in omega-6s. For good skin, I think omega-6, I think two tablespoons of hemp seed oil a day.
1: So do you just, do you, with that hemp seed oil, are you literally just like, so, no, we're putting
0: it into a salad dressing. It's part of the program. It's built into the program. When people get it, okay. they'll see. But one of, the, one of the side effects is skin. I got into this business, Chantel, and this will conclude because of my skin. It wasn't because of my weight.
1: And your skin is flawless. I mean, absolutely flawless. Well,
0: I still work on it to this day, and, I, and it's because of the hemp seed oil. So omega-6 to the rescue, and that's one of the myths that we talk about. It's not omega-3s always. It's omega-6 in a ratio of 4 to 1 in favor of 6. So get 60 with my hemp seed oil, and your skin will clear.
1: All right. So we have some exciting news. Um, Dr. Ann Louise is going to be giving a signed copy of her book, The Radical Metabolism. And so if you comment below, go to our Facebook page. If you comment below or share the post, you will be entered into a drawing and we'll get one signed copy of that. So go to our Facebook page. All right. Well, Dr. Ann Louise Gittleman She is known as the first lady of nutrition, and you can see why right here on this show. And it's been such an honor to have you on the show again. If you want to go to radicalmetabolism.com, she's got so many free gifts, and it was such a pleasure having you on again. Thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers to you. (laughs) All right. Bye bye.